welcome to the In Focus Immigration News and Updates, brought to you by Immigration Solutions. For those of you who may not be familiar with our firm, we provide U.S. and Canadian immigration services to employers and individuals, and additionally provide I-9 employment eligibility compliance services for those businesses that require I-9 audits, which we perform both on-site and off-site, I-9 staff training on the regulations governing the I-9 form, and we also assist our clients with developing sound and realistic policies and procedures around how they manage the I-9 function. Our two websites can be accessed at www.immigrationsolution.net and our I-9 Employer Resource Center that's full of some great information can be found at www.i-9audits.com. We want you to know that the ideas expressed in this podcast are purely informational and not to be interpreted as legal advice. Today we'll be talking about the H-1B visa, and you may or may not know that the H-1B cap for the government's fiscal year 2011 was met just last week on January 26th. We can commence with filing H-1B cases for the new government fiscal year 2012 as of April 1st, just a couple of months from now. We're able to file six months in advance of commencing employment on October 1st, 2011. Please bear in mind that extensions of stay and portability H-1B cases where you're transferring from one H-1B employer to another can be filed any time for the H-1B employee to start any time throughout the year. So let's get started with some H-1B filing tips and strategies for fiscal year 2012. Tip number one the job description, and the educational degree requirement. The job offer and the job description must be for a specialty occupation that requires a minimum of a bachelor's degree or its equivalent. So you're probably wondering, well, what is a specialty occupation? A specialty occupation requires the theoretical and practical application of a body of specialized knowledge along with at least a bachelor's degree or its foreign equivalent. For example, positions in architecture, engineering, uh, the IT field, um, business specialties, accounting occupations. These are all examples of specialty occupations. Small to medium-sized companies that are filing H-1Bs are being asked these days to justify why the position requires someone with a bachelor's degree and why their business is more unique than maybe other similar businesses in their industry that they would require a candidate with a bachelor's degree. Small to medium-sized employers are often being asked to provide documentation such as organizational charts, classified ads where they actually advertise the position, um, and also to provide educational information on previous employees and sometimes current employees that are holding this same position. So it is really important that you work with uh, a professional immigration provider that can help you circumvent and navigate these waters. Let's talk about bachelor's degree equivalencies. 
These can be attained through, well, a bachelor's degree can be equivalent through a single-source foreign degree that meets U.S. standards, a combination of a degree and work experience, or a work experience standalone um, uh, expert uh, evaluation that meets the three-for-one rule, namely that three years of work experience is equal to one year of university-level education. These types of um, evaluations are called expert credential evaluations, and they must be done by a service that is authorized to evaluate work experience. Uh, bear in mind that uh, if you have a skilled immigration professional that has a strategy in place for your green card sponsorship, your permanent residency, it is essential that your degree and its equivalency be very carefully reviewed so that it will be compatible with the classification under which you'll be filing your PERM labor certification and eventually your green card case. Uh, so uh, we, uh, we frankly can't say enough about strategy all the way through the entire immigration process. USCIS is now requiring very detailed job descriptions for their H-1B cases that contain the position summary, duties and responsibilities, as well as the percentage of time spent on each job duty. So it's hard to imagine that a job description with maybe a you know 10 to 15 bullet point list of duties and a full length uh, uh, page would be insufficient to immigration, but you'd be surprised how many times they do come back and ask for additional evidence and clarification. So employers really need to be prepared with complete job descriptions for their H-1B prospective employees and document the need for a degreed professional thoroughly in their casework and work again with an immigration attorney that's well-versed in handling H-1B cases. So let's move now to point two, file early. When, when should I start my case, you're probably wondering. Immigration Solutions accepts H-1B cap subject cases well in advance, and as a matter of fact, we're handling cases right now and getting them ready to file April 1st. To avoid the rush that normally occurs when employers become aware that uh, looming cap, uh, of looming cap deadlines and when foreign workers obtain job offers that require cap subject cases numbers. Bottom line, cap subject cases should be started as soon as possible and we advise our clients to assess their hiring needs for fiscal year 2012 and contact their immigration attorney to discuss timing issues. So how long today in today's business climate does it take to prepare an H-1B case? We do not recommend waiting until the last minute because of the various government agencies that are involved in the process. With good front-end case strategy, consulting with an attorney that has a depth of experience with H-1Bs, and a streamlined case process, the many steps involved in preparing an H-1B visa petition requiring the cooperation of all parties can go pretty smooth, and an approvable petition can be filed with what is necessary. An approval requires that a case be prepared correctly from the start. It is often not possible sometimes to go back and reverse strategy and correct substantial mistakes particularly when working with IT and healthcare consultants and staffing agencies. This is very important if they're sponsoring the uh, H-1B uh, prospective employees 
and assigning them to third-party job site locations. So the demand for H-1B visas, although not as high in this economy, have tougher documentation standards, definitely with uh, the Department of Labor. There are delays sometimes for several weeks with the uh, Department of Labor, uh, waiting for them to verify and confirm employers' EIN numbers. So understanding the issues involved in the process, we here at Immigration Solutions take a very proactive approach to assure that the needs of our clients are addressed early. So our last tip today, tip three, is what do you do when the occupation requires a license? USCIS's approval of an H-1B petition that requires a license is not authorization for the employee to practice his or her profession without the required license. This is particularly prevalent when processing H-1Bs for teachers and sometimes uh, IT professionals and healthcare professionals. The USCIS regulations provide that if an occupation requires a state or local license to fully perform the duties of the occupation, the foreign worker must have the license prior to the approval of the petition. So this sounds like you know a definite catch-22. Some states will not issue a state license unless the individual worker presents evidence to the state board that they are legally authorized to be employed by the USA in the USA. Some state boards require the worker to establish that they have been granted H-1B status prior to issuing the license. For example, certain state boards of pharmacy will not issue a pharmacist license until the worker presents evidence of work authorization. Teachers and registered nurses have been unable to obtain licensure until they obtain Social Security numbers, which cannot be achieved until one is authorized to work in the USA. So you can see that this can be a vicious circle at times. So with the above being said, USCIS adjudicators have been instructed to approve H-1B petitions for a one-year period if a state or local license to engage in the profession is required and the appropriate licensing authority will not provide such license to the worker without evidence that they have been granted H-1B status. At the end of the one-year initial approval, the employer is required to file another petition with a request for extension and present evidence at that time that the state licensure has been obtained. As a condition to approving petitions involving state or local licensure, the worker must demonstrate that he or she has filed an application for the license according to the state or local rules and procedures and provide evidence that they're qualified to receive the license and that all educational, training experience, and other requirements are met, including health care certification at the time of filing the petition. For instance, physical therapists must provide a letter or statement signed by an authorized state physical therapy licensing official in the state of intended employment indicating that the physical therapist is qualified to take the state's written licensing exam for physical therapists and thereafter obtain state licensure. Well, that about does it today, and we hope that our three tips have been uh, useful um, to you, and um, again, we, we can't stress enough 
how important it is in today's business climate to work with a skilled immigration professional on your H-1B visa petition filings. If you're not a client of our firm and you like what you hear and would like to discuss your H-1Bs further with us and any other immigration matters, we invite you to contact us at info at immigrationsolution.net or you can call us at area code 562-612-3996. And thanks so much for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you again soon. Bye-bye.